0: Welcome to the Pet Loss Companion. I'm Ken Dolan Delvecchio, and I'm here with my friend and co-author Nancy Saxton Lopez. This is a program that we do live every Thursday at six p.m. Eastern Time, and is an opportunity to take the learning that we gained over facilitating pet loss support groups for decades. Nancy's thirty-plus years, and my, I guess, twelve or thirteen years now, and and counting. We took all that we gained from the experience of many, many people sharing with us what they were going through and our clinical knowledge and put together a book called The Pet Loss Companion, Healing Advice from Family Therapists Who Lead Pet Loss Groups. And when we became familiar with this technology, we thought it would be great if we could do an even broader reach. And so that's why we do this program, and it is an opportunity for us to converse with you, and Mm -hmm. so we invite you to send us your stories, your questions, your suggestions for topics or guests, and this way we can have a sort of a dialogue. It's not a direct dialogue, but you can send some comments to us while we're broadcasting as well, and so we appreciate any way that you might get in touch with us. Mm -hmm. This program is a friend of Dakin Humane Society, which is in Springfield, Massachusetts a great friend of the program. It also is the sponsor for a zoom pet law support group that i facilitate once a month it is generally on the second tuesday of every month and so it's coming up december 13th from 6 p.m to 7 30. there is a link in the description that would allow you to rsvp it is a cost-free program and you can join us from anywhere in the world and we've had people join us from all across all the, world. the us and really from all across the world it's very interesting to have that mix of people you can reach me at kenddv at gmail.com. Again, that's kenddv at gmail.com. You can reach Nancy at nsaxtonlopez at csmpc.com. That's n-s-a-x-t-o-n-l-o-p-e-z at csmpc.com. And as I said before, you can send us your your stories, your suggestions for topics and guests. And you can also let us know if you do send a personal story, whether it would be okay for us to share it on the program. And we're perfectly fine with either sharing it or not sharing it because we understand that sometimes it would be better to just get a confidential response. We try to respond to every email mm-hmm. with a back with an email back to you in any case. And also, we'd like you to know that you can support us mm-hmm. in doing this work through a contribution through Venmo or through PayPal. You can also do a monthly subscription. How you do that is described in the description. And we want to thank actually Cara, mm-hmm. who gave us a very generous gift of support. So we just want to mention that we are very appreciative of that. We also want to mention that we do not, we don't we're not asking you to necessarily give us. Support. No, we do this as a labor of love, as something to give to the community. But we certainly appreciate it when people give, give us some measure of support. So, uh, Nancy, do you want to get us started? From Yes, that-
1: um, I there's quite a few housekeeping things that we need to take care of. I think you have the pictures of Jack's diesel,
0: yes, yeah, this so we is have wonderful pictures of of from last, last week,
1: mm-hmm. and
0: here yeah. is diesel. <laughs> <laughs> he's a very beautiful little dog. There's yeah, another awesome. picture of Diesel. He's always so cute. So this was Diesel when he was feeling well, and we're so sorry about the loss. And grateful to Jack for sharing mm-hmm. his story with us.
1: Now, also next week, uh, obviously in the United States, anyway, is Thanksgiving. We wish everyone here a nice Thanksgiving. So we will not be live. And the week after, we have a recording. Now, it's going to be an interesting topic because um, there is a gentleman that we found. His name is Alan Hillsberg, I believe. Mm -hmm. And he does aquamation, um, which is a different way to do cremation. So instead of using fire, it, it uses water. And so it's better for the environment. um, But it's a very interesting program. And it will be recorded, but it will be in in the week after Thanksgiving.
0: Very, very interesting. In fact, I was thinking that it might be the way that I'd like for my body Mm -hmm. to be disposed of because it sounds so environmentally friendly. So we learned a lot from him.
1: Yes, very Um, interesting, gentlemen. also, we have had quite a few uh, you know heartbreaking heartwarming um, emails come in, and so we 're in the process we 've gotten back to everyone we 're in the process of, of of kind of thinking of when we can share those stories we do We do have a very important story tonight um, because of the the intensity around what happened to its cat and her her cat Spencer. Um, and it it, it's, it stuck out with us, and I think you'll understand that um, once we we tell you uh, Spencer's story. Um, so I'm going to read it, and then we'll we'll discuss. Um, so Cat uh, sent us this; it, it came in very recently. I am so grateful to have found your podcast and ordered your book. It is so relatable um, and non judgmental. I am 69 and have had two beautiful cats, Spencer and Jack, brothers who I got when they were kittens eight years ago. I had had cats before and their deaths were so hard. I moved my cats out of their only home they knew in the San Francisco Bay Area down to a completely different environment in Palm Desert a year ago. My cats have always been able to go in and out. I cannot imagine making a cat stay inside. My cats always had a yard. Anyway, so I finally let them go outside in the desert here where I live along the side of a golf course. I was warned about coyotes, which were also present in the Bay Area. I always made sure they came inside before dark, and I had never seen a coyote when it was still light. I let outside my beautiful big gray kitty cat Spencer, yesterday when I got home to give him a few minutes outside before the dark came. After about 10 minutes, I heard a horrible sort of screeching noise and I ran outside. I saw a coyote with something big in his mouth. I thought it was a large bird. They were at the bottom of the green slope, which goes along the fairway sides of the golf course, at least 20 feet away. It just did not look like a cat. I screamed at that coyote, threw a couple rocks, which didn't get close. My neighbor walked outside, and the coyote left the animal, and my neighbor went down to look, and he said he thought it was my cat, Spencer. Then the coyote came back, picked up my cat, and started trotting to the other side of the golf course. I chased him, screaming at the top of my lungs, and he dropped my Spencer, who was not moving, of course, and now it's dark. Long story short, someone came to help and identified that it was Spencer. I could never look at him. I really need help. I'm inconsolable. It was all my fault. I should have never let him go outside again right before dark. I never should have let him out at all since I knew coyotes were out there and I should have run down that slope to help save him when I first saw the coyote had him. I should have thought it could be Spencer. I did not keep him safe. I failed to help him, and the way he died must have been extraordinarily painful. I think these things over and over as I long for him and miss him to death. All I do is sob and cry and bury my head every place he lay down and think he would be there if I had kept him safe. Please, please help me get through this immense guilt. I cut his life short. His brother, Jack, just wanders around the house looking for him. This hole was about 30 hours long, uh, 30 hours ago, everything gone in a split second. Thank you so much. You can share my story. I love the special, beautiful Spencer so much. I hope he knows that.
0: So, so we when we heard this story, we reacted to it so strongly visceral like yeah we felt viscerally yeah we felt like we have to respond to this because it captures so well the experience of extraordinary guilt that is so common and and one of the things that that i immediately thought of is we we structure our animal companions lives every detail of their every lives detail we are structuring whether when they're out when they're in what they eat what care they get and so it makes sense that when we care so much about them and we are responsible for setting up all the parameters within which they live that when something goes wrong we are immediately feeling Kill. extraordinarily guilty Kill. and and so we wanted to talk about this case because we think it is so central to the experience of of losing a pet and and the, the other first thoughts i had were i wonder how many times cat let spencer out at dusk and there was no problem
1: yeah it <laughs> never it didn't nothing him, happened, right
0: in. you know she let spencer and jack out and they came back in and you know there was no there was no coyote in the vicinity and nothing to be concerned about and and then this time the unthinkable happens yeah. but in general you know the the, the, the and and, and it, again we think about things like we have such limited control we think we have mm-hmm. control over all of all of the possible variables but we don't no. we don't I mean how many times have we heard of people who let their dog out to play and a hawk comes yeah and picks them up and and we each have stories yes. that we we can contribute that will resonate with what cat is experiencing and, and and one I'll tell you I'll tell you right now so I I adopted a cat a barn cat who I named Diana and I just fell in love with this little cat and she would follow me all over the place. I would go for a hike and she would come with me and she would go up trees and then she'd come down the tree. And we, we, I have a property that's a good part of it is, is wooded. And, and I, she would live in my office in the office I'm in right now. And here she would stay at night and at night I would lock her in because there was no fence. Now there is a fence. It's sort of a legacy that, that uh, for I, Diana I put up after her, for, for after I lost her. But okay, so Diana would come in at night. I would lock her in here. I'd close the cat door. And then I adopted another, another barn cat who I named Artemis. And Artemis was close to feral. And one night, Artemis did not come in that night. And I was worried about it. And I was like, and I thought about it and I said, okay, I'll leave the cat door open because, because Diana is asleep in here already. And I figured, okay, so eventually Artemis will come in. So I left it open. Mm. And that night, Diana got killed probably on the road, but possibly by an animal. It was a little hard to tell. I found her at some distance from the road and it was a little hard to tell if, she had actually been hurt on the road or some animal had grabbed her. But I was inconsolable. I was, I was absolutely out of control. I was screaming. I was crying. I love this cat so much. I called up my husband. I was crying to him. He came home. I dug a hole. I was distraught. And it's, and I kept thinking, you know, how foolish was I to, why didn't I just lock Artemis out? And by the way, Artemis basically came back and forth a little bit more, but disappeared. I mean, it took off, was Uh really feral. And so it was just really incredibly painful for me because I felt like that decision is what caused her to die. That's right. And now when I look back on it, I think, well, you know, yes, but what can I do about it? And also how many times has she been out late and nothing had happened. And I'm sure there were other times when I didn't lock her in because, or I didn't lock her in until after nightfall. And in fact, I thought back, and there were times when I had a pet sitter here and she didn't come back at all at night and came back the next day. But to me, it was like my fault, my fault. Of course. Arguably, you could say that, but such is life. These things
1: happen. There's, and look, there are sometimes just accidents, yeah, and the and accidents happen, and we don't, like you said, we really don't have a lot of control over that. I mean, there are quite a few that came up in the group. I mean, a young woman with her her child got in the car and she backed up over her dog. Yep, um, yep. you know, yep. a man who took his elderly lab to work. And he had a routine with the lab about where he put his briefcase. And unfortunately, one day he thought the dog wasn't with him, and he was. And the dog died of heat stroke in the in car. The car. Yeah.
0: Um, I mean, there are
1: those stories
0: a few times, yes.
1: You know, these things that are just horrific accidents. And of wow. course, they would feel guilty. I mean, I have a story of my own. I had shared this with Kat. My first pug as an adult was Tashi. And, you know, Tashi, I don't remember how old she was. She was probably about 11. And I made chicken soup one night. And so I put a lot of the fat, you know, in the garbage, right? She had never gotten in the garbage. Um, and I went to pick up my husband at the train station. And when I got back, I mean, everything was fine. I didn't really look at the garbage. But the next day, she got really sick. You know, she was vomiting and she had diarrhea. And we took her to the local vet, and he said to us, she has pancreatitis, which can be very dangerous. You know, it can kill an animal. And, you know, I was beside myself. I knew that the fat could create that. But she's not going to eat the garbage. She never does, right? I didn't think, and I, I never really thought of that. Well, she got worse. We had to take her um, up here. You know, we lived in, in Essex County at the time in New Jersey, and we had to bring her up here to where I live now in Burden, and she died. And the other thing was I couldn't be with her because she was 45 minutes away.
0: Right. But, but she had eaten the fat, right? She had
1: eaten the fat. She
0: gotten, gotten into it.
1: Created, created the pancreatitis. Right. Her body could not could not filter that fat. And she died. And again, I felt the same way Cat does. I felt the same way you do. You did. It did. It's horrible. You know, and you, you think, I've, you know, you, you do everything you can for your animals. And then something like this happens. Yep. And it's so hard to forgive yourself, right? Yeah, because you yeah, think it's, yeah, it's, yeah. I did this. I'll I i yeah. did not take the garbage out. I needed yep. to do that. Yep. Or you, you know, you needed to close the door. Yeah. Right. Or Kat needed, she needed to do run down or not have left him out, or run down to to, to get him initially. And and it's just we I mean the guilt is over That's one of the yeah. hardest. I mean, I
0: feel like I have a whole bunch of these stories. I, I, I've, I've mentioned that my dog, Jack, died while we were in Spain. Yeah. We were in Barcelona. Well, what, what, what happened was Jack had congestive heart failure. We had gone to the vet before the trip, and he was stable. He was on a bunch of meds. We had a pet sitter who we hadn't used before, but we had vetted her and whatnot. And I remember saying to her explicitly, they have to, we have to have water available all the time because they, he drinks a lot he drinks a lot he needs to drink a lot anyway he died while we were in barcelona and i came home and there was no water in the in the water bowl for the other two dogs which led me to believe that that was an issue that she had not been giving them enough water there was no we had three dogs at the time we came home we came in from our trip the water bowl was dry and so immediately I thought, okay, well, I, I trusted a pet sitter who I've never should have trusted. She yeah, was, felt she, did not, like she didn't follow a very, very basic. I mean, how do you leave dogs without water? First of all, any dogs without water, but a dog who you have been explicitly told must drink more than usual. And so, yeah, there was no, there was no water for the dogs. And... <laughs> <laughs> and that must uh, have been really really it, difficult for you it was really it? really it, it was it was incredibly sad and inc- really i mean distressing in so many ways and what do you you know what do you are we going to sue the per- no it's done it's over with you know so it, and,
1: and i think it goes back to what you know you said in the beginning of the podcast as we make decisions for our animals all the time and most of the time, many times, lots of times, most of the, you know, you know, almost all the time, those decisions are okay. Yeah. But sometimes they just aren't, and we don't know yep. when that's going to be, and accidents do happen. And the guilt is astronomical. Um, and so, you know, we, we, I'm sure you and I both got back to Cat and said, look, you know, You were a really good pet parent. You were the best. But sometimes these things just happen. We don't have a rhyme or reason to them. Why we may now have, you know, after the hundredth time of of letting Spencer out, the hundredth and and one time something happened. Yeah. Yeah. And so the guilt is really a difficult emotion. It's probably the worst emotion to deal with um and grieving. And so we just hope. We really and we really appreciate kit reaching out to us because it's a hard thing to talk about. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean and and we do get guilt all the time. People say I I should have taken them to the vet sooner. I I should have given them the medication that they needed. I should have not had left when I left. But this this it's it's such a tragic thing. You know, to 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 know or to believe that because you let him let Spencer out, cat let Spencer out that one time, I knew that there were coyotes around, but and that's what happened. Um, And it takes it takes a lot of a lot of courage to talk about those things. Yeah, and, and I also want to just
0: comment that opinions vary about cats and letting cats outside and not letting them outside. And I, I just want to acknowledge that, that some mm-hmm. people will say, well, you can, ne- you should never let a cat outside. And others like cat and like me would say, well, you know, cats love to be outside. Yeah. And we do the best we can to provide an environment that is going to offer them safety. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think it's just important to note that, that there are differing opinions and we're not coming down on either one of those it's like i i believe that you need to make the decision that suits your household exactly. suits your your philosophy and that if you try to say that one is entirely right and one is entirely wrong you go into a place that i i can't really support i feel right.
1: like there's no all right or all wrong right i mean I, it's the way life is yeah, you know yeah. but things like i mean there was a gentleman at the group that you know gave his dog pizza crust you know here and there yeah, and then yeah. one day he did and the dog choked on it and died i yeah. mean these things unfortunately happen yeah and I, we beat ourselves up of course we feel guilty because we're there to protect them and, and take care of
0: them well we we had a we had a person right into us their little terrier died because can't remember if it was a he or she, but they ate a piece of a dead bird.
1: Oh, and, right, that was,
0: the, that was. in the their, podcast, in their, right. it's in their right. and you know right. and I, when I when I heard that story, I'm like, oh my god, how many voles have my dogs eaten yeah. at various stages of decomposition? Because I just couldn't get it away from them right fast enough, and and. It was just really scary to hear that. And then I, you know, but for the most, most times when animals eat these horrible things, what happens? Nothing. Nothing, nothing happens. No. They just, you know, somehow they're, my dogs are outside, you know, they're in a, they're in a, in a very, fairly contained run when I let them loose in our yard. But some, I, I don't know. I guess they find, they find like vole poop or, or, mm-hmm. um, Toad pooper, but they're they find things in the dirt that they think are just delicious. Delicious. <laughs> and all I can think is, thank God they're they're getting wormed every, you know, they get their Simparica trio every month. But but it's like you have to you have to just say to yourself, like, what can you do? Like this this is what dogs do. And yet there'll be that one time.
1: That's something it will Some
0: experience problem. where something terrible happens, mm-hmm. and it's it's just it's just there's so much about fate,
1: right? And then well no, outside don't. of our
0: grasp. It's just outside of our grasp, and we don't have power. and We don't have control. Yeah, yeah. And I, I sh- I'm sure I lost one of my cats, Henry. To oh Henry, Hillary I was going to well. ask you about
1: Tell you about you
0: know I I he 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 he, is, he figured out how to get out of our fence. It has, it's six feet tall. It's a solid picket fence. It has a two-foot extension that comes in at a 45 degree angle. And he he put all his energy into figuring out how to get out. Then so then I hung some some netting fabric down from the top and he figured out how to scale that too. And at that point I said There's, I can't I can do no more. And Henry was with me for a few years. Mm-hmm. But one day he just disappeared. And I'm, I'm pretty sure he's never
1: come back. Yeah.
0: I'm pretty sure a coyote got him. And I I had to, I had to have a conversation with myself where I said, and he was, he was, I adopted him as a barn cat. He, with the explicit instructions that he could not be kept just inside because it would, it would not be okay for him psychologically, Mm -hmm. given his background. And so I had to accept that that's what happens sometimes, you know?
1: I, th- I think we want to also end with, you know, it's 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 an emotionally difficult, challenging time, but we need to continue to still take care of ourselves.
0: We just have to keep going. We, we might have to think about it over and over and over again. And, and Kat wrote back and said that she went to the place where spencer's body was found and and sort of did a ritual she oh, she lay close to the ground and and tried to feel connected to him and let him know how much he loved him I and mean, we do we have to do things like that whatever the spirit moves us to do the things that help us feel like rituals are, or memorials. Yeah. enacting our feelings mm-hmm. connecting and we 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 just do the best we can to keep moving forward to take care of ourselves take care of our basic needs if we if we feel any inclination to do so we should get in touch with a therapist yes. Hurt. yes we can we can do things like come to the zoom group that mm-hmm. that they can offer is that i facilitate we can find other such programs online there are databases where you can post remembrances all of these things we want to do that tr- no. that will help ourselves no
1: matter how ourselves. many rich no matter how many rituals mm-hmm. no matter how many memorials um it's fine you know um the guilt hopefully for any of us and all of us cat included will dissipate over a period of time yeah. you know because we all know you and I I'm sure told Kat, Spencer's already right here right mm-hmm. in in her heart and he's mm-hmm. not going anywhere, mm-hmm. right? He's there. He's not here, you know, physically, but he's with her. And right. like all of my our animals, your Diana, you know, is, is with you. My Tashi's still with me. Yeah. And so um, it's painful and we grieve, but, you know, hopefully the guilt will dissipate over a period
0: oh, of it time. Oh, def- it definitely will. It will get less and less but it it has its own time right and it ebbs and flows as every part of grief does and we just keep going we do the best we can
1: so we appreciate Kat, your email and I'm glad that we have been able to share this story because I think that there are many others out there who may have had some similar experiences. Yep. And so uh, it, it, I think that that's going to be really helpful and we have had them too. So, but um, we wish everyone a wonderful holiday. Yep, yep. Here in the United Absolutely.
0: States yep. Have and a good Thanksgiving the world,
1: I hope everyone's well, and we'll talk to you live in a few weeks.